For a lot of people, you know, the grass always looks greener on the other side, but that's probably not really the case. And I think a lot of people who are spending too much time on social media and sort of endlessly scrolling, they end up sort of comparing themselves to this other lifestyle that's obviously been curated to post on social media. So it's not that person's reality either. From Women's Health Australia, this is Uninterrupted, a podcast where we share candid chats on all aspects of well-being so that you can live a healthier, more empowered life. I'm Editor-in-Chief Lisa Gebulagin. Pia Mollenbeck is the OG Aussie Fitfluencer. With 2 million followers on Instagram and 390,000 on YouTube, she's known for her hilarious reels and her impressive ability to lip sync viral sounds on TikTok. And most recently, she opened a holistic fitness studio called Change. Yet for Pia, through all her success, she's grown to understand the importance of taking a step back and prioritizing the things that matter the most. In this chat with our digital editor, Nicolina Illich, Pia discusses how her approach to health and wellness has evolved over time, how she's been coping with the loss of her beloved family dog, Muesli, and why she's focusing on making her content as real as possible for the next generation of young women. When you first started popping up on my Instagram feed, it was like in 2017, and you were very much like the fitness gal on my feed. Which is interesting because back then, for me at least, it wasn't such a big thing on my Instagram to follow, I guess, fitfluencers as you probably call them now. I wanted to know like how it's changed for you from then to now. Yeah, look, at the time, uh, that seemed to work really, really well for me. And it's always been something that's been so integral to my life. You know, I've always been like a sporty person. I've always loved different like varieties of training and all that sort of stuff. My approach to social media has changed a little bit. I've gone in a little bit more of a lifestyle direction. And that's just because I wanted to, I guess, show my followers a little bit more of what I'm doing. Like, I think I started with just like focusing on like the health and fitness and whatnot. But then we started to get some opportunities to go traveling and I was like I want to do that you know <laughs> I may as well you know vlog it and you know put things on on Instagram and whatnot so I just kind of took advantage of the opportunities that came my way and it turned out to just end up being a little bit more of a lifestyle approach and being a little bit more open about all the different areas of life so I still incorporate the fitness thing into my online presence and now actually we've created a bricks and mortar space where people can come and actually train with us and all that sort of stuff and that's actually been an amazing journey over the last couple of years but yeah I think my approach to social media is just a little bit more lifestyle I do a little bit of beauty fashion I try to do like funny TikToks and all sorts of fun things oh my gosh I need to talk to you about your TikToks they are so good sometimes I'm like how does someone have a memory like this I just don't get it (laughs) honestly I discovered that this is like my secret skill that is completely useless other than for TikTok (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty good TikTok's pretty big at the moment so you're doing well oh thank you but um back to what you were saying bricks and mortar is that changed right the gym yeah so like about just under two years ago now we met up with a couple of friends of ours and Kane and I my husband we just moved to Queensland and we kind of always had it in the back of our heads that we wanted to create like a wellness space you know because we did have this big online community and I was like wouldn't it be awesome if we had somewhere that we could actually all go and hang out and meet and like you know sort of like challenge each other and sort of be there for each other and reach goals together and stuff so that's always been something that was like a massive goal of mine but I think 
before the pandemic, everything was so fast paced with social media that it was always sort of put on the back burner. And then when things slowed down and I couldn't really do any traveling and whatnot, we were like, maybe we should actually make this dream a reality. And so we met with a bunch of friends of ours, two friends of ours, and we decided to start a studio called Change. And so that's in Broadbeach now. It's like right on the beach. And we do like functional training, reformer Pilates, yoga. We even do like mindfulness and breathing classes and all that. And honestly, it's just so cool to wake up every day and go there and like be greeted in real life with a bunch of like friendly faces. Yeah, that's nice. I feel like that's so important to find a gym where you feel comfortable because I find when I speak to a lot of women, they're kind of like, I'm just so intimidated and I just want to do classes or I like find somewhere with classes and I still don't get the vibe. So it's great that you were able to make something like that. Yeah, yeah. In terms of like your fitness and training, how has it kind of changed since you first started doing it and to now? I think I'm a little bit more relaxed about it now. Like I think in my early 20s, I was pretty regimented with it. You know, I pushed myself pretty hard. And I think I went through that whole overtraining, under eating phase because I was trying to meet some sort of like, you know, body standard. And it was based on like aesthetics and it wasn't really there for the right reasons. And now, you know, I'm in my 30s now and I think I'm just, I don't know what happens. I don't know if you just care less or if you just become more confident. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you care less. (laughs) And you just become like a little bit more confident. You know who you are. You're pretty like, you tend to get like a little bit more pleased with the person you are and whatnot. And so fitness for me is just about sort of a fun, healthy lifestyle now, you know? So like I have a huge variety of it. I feel like if I go to the gym and I lift weights every day, it feels like a chore for me. Whereas like I said, if I have these like classes and I wake up and I can go to Pilates one day or do yoga the next day, or like, you know, do box jumps in a functional training the next day. I just like having that variety and it keeps it really fun for me. And now it feels like I'm doing it for just overall happiness and health and like internal reasons rather than worrying about aesthetics. Totally. And do you think that's the same for your nutrition over the years? Oh, a hundred percent. Again, I used to be quite regimented with it. I used to sort of like not really count calories religiously, but I'd be like pretty aware of it. And now, I don't know, I think I just know my body and I don't deprive myself at all. I don't restrict myself. I just feel like a bit more of an intuitive approach is what I'm doing now. And, you know, sometimes you do go out and you do want to have, you know, a glass of rosé or have a pasta and all that sort of stuff. And like, I don't have any sense of guilt with that anymore because in general, I think if you lead a pretty healthy lifestyle, then you can have these moments where there's just a bit of balance and you still have a fun life. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned, obviously, you're in Queensland now. How has that changed for you moving there? Honestly, I really like it here. I am um, so it's weird because I actually came from Germany and then I, my family moved to Queensland when I was eight. So I actually had my childhood here. And so, you know, I used to just kind of like have a crack at surfing. I'd be on the beach every weekend. Like that was kind of how I grew up. And then I was when I was 20, I moved to Sydney. And so I spent the last 10 years there. I loved it, but I lived like very much in the middle of the city. And it was just a little bit more of that hustle culture, a little bit more of that like concrete jungle. And I think coming here, it's weird because I feel like there's a little bit of a slower pace here. You know, everybody kind of, there's so many people here that just are more focused on lifestyle than like kicking goals, (laughs) if you know what I mean. And I, I don't know, I think I was kind of like ready for that. I think especially over the last couple of years, I just wanted to go into a place that was just a little bit more of a relaxed vibe. It was only supposed to be a temporary move and we're supposed to head straight back to Sydney. But now I'm not sure. (laughs) 
I'm really, I'm really enjoying it here at the moment. <laughs> that's so cool. Well, that's what you want, right? You'd hope that you move somewhere and you really enjoy it. So it's good to hear. Yeah. It's just, we've moved to the beach here. And so just the two different places, like living in, I used to be in like Surrey Hills and Woolloomooloo and then here on the beach, you know, you wake up here and everyone's like rollerblading or running with their dogs or like, it's just this whole like fit, healthy beach culture. And it's, um, it's just like very different to inner city Sydney. <laughs> That's what I was going to actually ask. So do you think like moving there, that lifestyle has totally had an impact on your like fitness and just like wellness? A hundred percent, especially because I've started to really love like training outside as well. Like I'm a big runner. I really enjoy running and just there is no better way to start a day than wake up and go run along the beach and then jump in the ocean to cool off afterwards. And it's like you're done by 7 a.m. and you just feel like like what a day <laughs> you <Yes>. know <laughs> so true yeah. it sort of sets the tone for the rest of the day if you do something like that you know so I, I try to focus on that sort of stuff yeah for sure and I guess like a lot of people coming from COVID kind of got more used to training at home too and like trying to be outside and stuff did you find that you, it changed a lot for you post shutdown lockdown yeah, I got really into skipping. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So I like I would go and do like these little skipping challenges and stuff. And, you know, it was fun for a little while. Like I think when it first happened and we were sort of in lockdown, it was almost like a little bit of a novelty to being like, oh, what can we do inside our apartment, you know, to try and work out. But then after a while, I think everyone got like, I think everyone started to crave that human connection again because we were actually quite worried when we were building change because there were still some lockdowns happening and whatnot. And we were like, oh, my God, this is a little bit of a risk, like to build a bricks and mortar business when all of the other ones are currently being shut down and obviously struggling because of the, the sort of situation. So it was a bit of a gamble that we took. But then we realized as soon as things started to open up again that I think it's just human nature to sort of crave a community and crave connection. And so we just absolutely became so packed because everyone immediately wanted to get out of that little isolated training situation and get back to high-fiving their friends and seeing each other every morning. And yeah, so it's, it's actually been pretty good. Totally. And I remember when it happened and they started enforcing that you had to wear masks in gyms and we started writing articles about like the workouts you probably shouldn't do (laughs) in a mask. It was just such a weird time. And I just remember thinking like, I can't believe we're living through this. That was the weirdest restriction though, because you were required to wear the mask as you walk in and as you walk out. But if you're doing intense training, you can take it off. So I was like, how does this make any sense at all? (laughs) So confusing, so confusing. And then what about wellness? Do you stick to any wellness routines or any morning rituals or anything like that? Yeah, so I massively like to indulge in like recovery activities. I just feel like, you know, if you're going to push yourself or go the hard yards and train and all that, you may as well enjoy the recovery aspect of it so like I love doing saunas and steam rooms and like mineral pools and things like that I even started doing these like compression boots which are really have you oh, seen yeah, them? Love them they're so funny yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they make me laugh so much but you just have you put these huge boots on your legs and they sort of like inflate and they just push all of your like lactic acid around they move all the toxins out and they actually really do help if you do a big run and then you go and do that afterwards so I like to do that sort of stuff and then also in terms of wellness I don't think people talk enough about like mindfulness and sort of breathing and how beneficial that can be to your overall approach to wellness like I don't think it's all about lifting heavy weights and pushing yourself like 
I think sitting down and taking a little bit of time to do a yoga class, we do like restorative yoga classes. We even have a coach that comes in to change and he does like mindfulness and breathing classes and they're so popular and it just, yeah, it's really cool. I didn't realize they would actually be so popular, but people love, I guess, a little bit more of like that holistic approach as an overall. So yeah, it's just something that I think is pretty unique to studios to offer like mindfulness classes and things like that. But that's something that I really like to focus on as well. And to be honest, I never was perfect. Like I'm not one of those people who sits down and like meditates every morning. So to actually do that with somebody guiding me through it, I think has been something that I've just really, really enjoyed. Absolutely. And like meditating is hard to, to start because just sitting there not thinking about, you know, a hundred things that you're going to do that day is actually quite difficult. I know. I know. Yeah. The to-do list running through your head at all times. Whereas I feel like when you're in this space and like someone is like physically telling you what to think about, you know, think about your toes and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And even just breathing. <laughs> yeah. It's so amazing how powerful that can be. Like the other day we were measuring our, um, blood oxygen levels and we just decided to breathe for like 10 seconds and our blood oxygen went from it was 95 and then after 10 seconds of breathing it was at 100 percent. and it's like it's insane how quickly like within 10 seconds of just taking a few deep breaths you can actually like change the composition of your like your blood oxygen and things like that so imagine what that has on your overall stress your overall mental wellness just everything you know Totally. Yeah, that's so true. I literally think about this all the time when I'm training and I'm doing a hard move and I'm holding my breath. I'm like, stop. Why are you doing this? Yeah, actually, that's so right. Like, even if you're pushing yourself, breathing is what gets you through it. And like, just kind of like shutting down a little bit and like calming and breathing. I think if you're training really hard or you're pushing yourself on one of those suicide bikes or something. Oh, God. (laughs) Then like, that's the only way to get through it. So true. And I guess you mentioned before travel. Yes. Oh my God. I missed travel so much. So like our social media really went towards travel, especially with our YouTube. All of a sudden, you know, when the pandemic hit, it was like my manager called me and it was our whole year had just been cancelled. So it was a little bit tricky. We then tried to drive around Australia and we tried to do like a big Aussie adventure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, except then all the borders kept closing. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) We couldn't make it like from one state to the other. So yeah, definitely have been missing the travel space. We did go to Bali as soon as the restrictions lifted there and it was just so awesome to get back there. You know, I've just missed it so much. And then actually two weeks ago, we went to New Zealand and went to Queenstown, went on a ski trip. We're terrible skiers, but we we did it anyway. Yeah, so we we actually took the whole change team to uh, to New Zealand and had this big group like ski and snowboarding trip. And because obviously they're all like trainers, they're like these incredible athletes that are doing amazing maneuvers on snowboards and whatnot. And my husband, Kane and I were like, just, just like pizza down the, down the mountain on our little skis. You're like, I'm going to go to the kids slope. (laughs) Yeah. That's literally us. Yeah. So Queenstown, honestly, I've been there so many times and I love it. It just blows my mind that it's like a three, three and a half hour flight away. And it just feels like a whole different world. You know, it was like snowing there a month ago. What's on your um, travel wish list for 23? 
oh, I want to do some more bucket list type things, you know. So next, actually, we are going to Fiji to somewhere where that is the same sort of island that we've gone to a few years in a row. And that's just because a bunch of our friends are going. So it'll be fun. But I think next year, rather than doing all of the places that we've gone to in the past, I want to like do different things. So for me, I'd really like to go to Antarctica. Oh, nice. Yeah. I just really want to experience, you know, these sort of like once in a lifetime things. So I want to go to Antarctica. Kane really wants to go to Iceland and see the Northern Lights. So we're going to go do that. And then I think we're going to do some um, volunteering in Borneo and just um, go and spend a few weeks there and, you know, sort of go and volunteer with orangutans and things like that. So I think our travel is going to take, it's it's historically been sort of like high-end luxury travel. And I think this year it's going to get a little bit more like challenging and rough and ready, but I don't think life is supposed to be like all inside your comfort zone. So I want to, I want to throw myself out of that. (laughs) Yeah. And what a good year to do it as well. Like, just all those things, they sound awesome. So the other thing I kind of wanted to touch on, and of course you don't have to talk about it if you feel comfortable, but of course you had a huge loss in Muesli. And I know I certainly cried watching your YouTube videos, so I'm sure like a lot of people did. And a lot of people kind of feel that pain and have gone through it too. And I just kind of wanted to talk to you about grief and what you've kind of learned in this process with how you manage your grief and how you live through it. Honestly, I don't know if I can even talk to how to manage it. Um, So uh, my husband and I, we had a puppy called Muesli. She was nine um, and she passed just about three months ago now. Honestly, it's been like the hardest thing that has ever happened to us. Um, I... We're, we're still not really dealing with it and I don't know I think it might seem a little bit odd but Kane and I sort of put a lot of parental energy onto Muesli I think and I've had a couple of miscarriages in the past and I think I dealt with that really well because I had Muesli and I felt like I had she made us like a little family you know like it was like husband and wife and then that was our little fur baby and I think we just like really really put a lot of like yeah parental energy onto her and it so it just feels like we've lost our baby and I don't know if I can actually give any advice on how to deal with it because we're just still struggling to be honest like we're still anything can trigger us and sometimes we're we're just trying to keep busy and try to like sort of get back to normality but we're still really trying to grapple with it um For sure. And it takes such a long time. And that's the thing kind of when you go through grief, you try to figure out as you go because you think you kind of get over it and you're right, something will trigger you. And it's kind of like this long journey. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? Especially a pet. Yeah. Because they're just basically our children. I have a daughter and I have dogs. And if anything happened to either of them, for me, I take no offence when people say to me, like, your dogs are like your children. Because I'm like, absolutely, for sure. I know. And I think some people find that, like, if they don't have that relationship with, with dogs, I don't think they kind of understand it. But it's it's really interesting. Like, I've spoken to a lot of people and they, you know, we have such a strong connection with them. And I got we got her when I was 20 and it was, like, very much at the start of our relationship. And so it just always feels like it's been, like, the three of us, you know, and it... Like I said, it just feels like it, rather than just being a couple, it just made us like a little family. And now, honestly, we feel a little bit lost, you know, and we're just not really sure. I think it just takes time to get through it and to grieve and to give 
you know, give it that space. And then we don't want to make any major life decisions while we're emotional like that. So, yeah, I don't know. We're just trying to like get through day by day and um, hopefully it does get easier, like they say. And then I guess off the back of that, um, you guys obviously took a bit of a break off social media, but I I think I've seen a few times you've kind of taken some time to just step back and stuff. How important is that for you just in general for your mental health? Yeah, look, I do that a lot. Like, I think social media has some really amazing pros. Like, obviously, you know, you can keep in touch with all your friends around the world. You can, for me, it's a really great source of inspiration, you know, for like outfits or recipes or whatever you're sort of looking for. But then I also think there's like some major negatives if you're spending too much time on it. And I think for a lot of people, you know, the grass always looks greener on the other side, but that's probably not really the case. And I think a lot of people who are spending too much time on social media and sort of endlessly scrolling, they end up sort of comparing themselves to this other lifestyle that's obviously been curated to post on social media. So it's not that person's reality either. And for me, I just... I try not to actually scroll on it too much. I like to use it as a creative outlet and create. And I think if you're doing that, it's a really healthy approach. And if you're looking for inspiration, obviously. But I find it really sad when I see groups of people, you know, a group of friends or whatever, or families even, who are sitting at lunch or sitting at dinner and everyone's sitting on their phones. You know, I actually find, I find that pretty heartbreaking because I'm like, you have to, especially with like the passing of Muesli, I think it's just reinforce to me how important it is to be present and like appreciate every second that you have with your loved ones in real life and not sort of be absent-minded and so for me like if I'm out with friends and all that I might do a quick story or something but then other than that I just pop my phone away and I make sure that I'm like there in person and I'm actually like living in the moment and I think especially for the younger generation that's something that we need to make sure is instilled Totally, because, you know, you go on one app and then you find yourself going on a hundred different ones and you just get lost in this hole of social media. So for sure, it's great to kind of take a step back. Yeah, like it makes no sense to kind of focus on like impressing people around the world that don't know you (laughs) if it's at the detriment of like draining energy that you should be sort of like giving to your friends and family, you know, because at the end of the day, that's what matters. And then I guess my final kind of thought was we obviously we talk a lot about body image at women's health and you did some great um, TikTok videos about like Insta versus reality and stuff. How do you find your like content has changed now? Are you kind of and you I guess you've come, become more open to sharing like editing and all those types of things? Yeah, I wanted to actually like draw attention to that because there's so many apps now that are like it's one click and it completely changes what you look like and I even like even all the filters and everything it's weird because it makes us feel conscious about how we look without all that which is just crazy so the one direction that I've liked with social media recently is that it's more video focused because I feel like for me obviously that's not edited you know you feel a little bit more comfortable going on And I make an effort to go online frequently without makeup, without filters, without editing, and just actually show who you are as a person. Because I just think everybody's looking at everyone else and thinking, how do they look like this? When most likely there are some sort of like editing apps involved in that. And I just wanted to sort of draw attention to that because I'm, I'm lucky that I was 
like I'm a little bit older in the social media space, but I think it just imagine being like a 16 year old growing up right now and you look like a normal person. Everyone looks like a normal person. You know, it's just, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of makeup. It takes the right lighting. It takes, you know, some, sometimes Photoshop and all that to make these campaign images look like the way they do. And I just think, I don't know, it's, sometimes it's it's a bit refreshing to see people point that out on social media. <laughs> For sure. And you do look at the younger generation growing up in it and you're like, oh my God, I could never, I don't know how. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, and like the other thing we do, cause I work with my husband. So we are together like 24 hours a day. We're like, we have like our Come work on. mode and I know. <laughs> so we, we've always uh, had this like little rule that's really worked for us in our relationship to like sort of switch off at 8 PM because social media has been our work for the last few years, you know, where's the line between sitting there and scrolling and looking at stuff and being sort of in work mode. So yeah, we make a really conscious effort every, every night at about 8 PM, we both switch off, we put our phones in our bedroom and we just kind of go on, do not disturb. And we actually try to like just enjoy each other's company. And, and I think those little rituals that you can incorporate into your life, I guess, give you a little bit of balance and you know, they just protect your mental health overall. That's a great place to end, I think. <laughs> a great little tip. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been so good talking to you. You too. Thank you. This episode of Uninterrupted was hosted by Nicolina Illich and produced by me, Lisa Gebeluggen, with additional sound editing by Abby Williams. For more from us, pick up a copy of our latest issue with Anna Heinrich on the cover. Find it on newsstands or online via Apple News+. Plus. Visit us at womenshealth.com.au and follow us on Instagram at womenshealthAUS. See you next time.